Hey, Grande. Welcome into the Better Baseball MLB DFS Playbook Podcast here recording for Friday's 13-game main slate. James, uh, Fridays always end uh, with a doozy uh, when it comes to slate size here. Uh, no shortage of talent, no shortage of top-tier pitchers here uh, on the slate, my guy. Uh, how are you going to feel about going into the weekend? Uh, happy Friday as always, John. Uh, big slate, massive slate. Um and uh, I mean, just a ton to get into, so I'm not going to waste anybody's time. Just uh, let's get into things. Yeah, let's get into things. We'll, we'll do a brief recap of the Thursday hits because uh, you, sir, uh, take a bow. Uh, you were uh, star of the night, top home run call of the night, pretty much across the board. Jose Ramirez, three home runs on the evening. So uh, congrats to you, my friend. Uh, great call. I had him in my lineups. Hopefully a lot of you guys out there in the FA Nation family uh, had Jose Ramirez in your lineups there as well as we broke down that they had 5 o'clock slate, uh, Sunday, Thursday main slate on the 5 o'clock live stream. Uh, so with that in order, James, let's go on over to Vegas. Like you said, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, why don't you give us a quick highlight of the notable spreads and totals to pay attention to here? Yeah, so biggest favorite on the board is the Milwaukee Brewers, minus 225, some places even higher, up to 240, over the Oakland Athletics. Uh, minus 200 is Atlanta as well. Those are the only uh, teams with 200 on the money line. 170 is Baltimore at home against Kansas City. 165 is the Yankees with Garrett Cole head to mount against the Red Sox. You Darvish and the San Diego Padres minus 180 in Coors Field. Happy Coors Field Friday. Uh, and Jordan Montgomery minus 180. Those are the biggest favorites on the money line. In terms of over-unders, 9.5 implied runs in Dodgers-Philly. We have 9.5 implied runs in Washington-Atlanta. 9.5 implied runs in Oakland-Milwaukee. Coors Field has opened up at 11 and a half. So those are about the four games that we uh, that are really notable on today's slate. All right, let's get into the action. Like you said, we have a lot to talk about. We're talking about top-tier pitching uh, for today. And we've run into another spot where uh, some good pitchers are running up against one another here. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you, James. How are you approaching Otani Castillo as they run up against each other here on the slate? Yeah, I mean, I think you could use both or either of them. Um Castillo's in really good form, one earned run over his last 19 innings. Uh, two of those games, he's won. He has a 10 strikeout game mixed in there. So I'm okay getting to Castillo. I prefer Otani. You know, Seattle's offense has largely been worse. Now, is Otani in his best form? No. Um, he continues to, you know, every few starts has struggled. Five earned his last time out against Houston. Uh, but this offense is not the same Seattle ranks bottom 10 against right-handed pitching um, pretty much every category. And they have a 25.7% strikeout rate, which is the second highest in the league. So I prefer Otani to Castillo, but I can see a scenario where um, you get to both guys. Yeah. Or I, either guy. I, rather. I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you, you know, I think it is worth mentioning uh, the Christian Javier uh, matchup here. I know we've picked on Cleveland a lot, and I know that lately Cleveland's starting to come around. Jose Ramirez homered three times, but they homered three times and beat up on Corey Kluber and a guy whose name I've already forgotten. I didn't even get it correct initially on the live stream uh, for the Red Sox there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to remember it. 
Germany, 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 Germany. Yeah, he's already on his bus back to Pawtucket, so I'm not even really worried about it. Uh, Christian Javier has been really good, right? Yes. And, and the one thing we noted this year about him is that while yes, there's been a drip, a dip in strikeouts, it's kind of come because of con- more control. He's deep pitching deeper into games than we've used usually used to him seeing. He's not walking as many people. He's only allowed one earned run total in each of the uh, last four starts uh, for him there. The one worry is the home run ball. He is giving up a lot of home runs. Can he pitch his way through a Cleveland lineup that maybe is starting to wake up? That's something to at least see, but I do like Javier here in this spot against Cleveland. Yeah, I'm... I could get there because, like, I'm not never going to tell you not to play Christian Javier. Um, 10-8 is a healthy price tag for Christian Javier, but obviously we've seen the steady rise lately. My only worry is, like, you look through the box scores, and as good as they've been, he doesn't go past six innings. He's done it once this year, um, where, like, I know if Otani's going well, he will. I know Castillo will. Garrett Cole, when he's going well, like other guys in his tier pitch deeper into games. Yeah. That's my only concern with Christian Javier. Um, and that's kind of limited his upside a little bit. Like sure. 33 is the most fantasy points he's got. Well, he's 10, eight. Like we need more games closer to 30 than we do 20. So I'm, I'm good with it. I think the spot is exploitable. We've, we've attacked this Cleveland offense a lot. Um, I just prefer other guys in that. Yeah, you and I are both in on uh, Wells here. Tyler Wells of Baltimore going up against Kansas City at home in Baltimore. You know, better uh, pitcher's ballpark uh, this year. And Wells has been really good. Uh, Four and two, three, two, nine ERA, 70 strikeouts uh, on the season here. Had a quality start outing against Kansas City already uh, on his ledger. Uh, And the strikeouts lately, right? That's what's peaking. Eight, seven, eight, seven, nine over the last five. Uh, starts for him here so we get that type of production and a game where they should be favored to win uh looks pretty good in this mid-tier range for tyler wells yeah really hard not to get to tyler wells i think he's going to be a popular sp2 on this slate kansas city with the fifth highest strikeout rate against righties they have the fourth lowest ops against righties so um tyler is going to continue to pitch wells here and he's going to be pretty popular um on this slate. what a value pitching are you looking at tonight well, I'll throw one more guy at this tier. I like Yuri Perez, $8,900. Um, I get it that this is maybe getting a little tougher. The White Sox offense has been slightly better, uh, but Yuri Perez continues to impress back-to-back starts where he hasn't allowed an earned run. And yes, he faced Oakland his last time out, I understand. But 88 pitches, and that was only the second time he's done that this year. I think we're going to start seeing you know, an advancement in um in pitch count miami's offense is a little healthier getting pretty much everyone back jesus sanchez has been a monster coming and off the aisle has actually just left tonight's game for the white Sox too so i mean even better lineup, uh... <laughs> even better right so um i think there's a lot of upside here just looking at some things for the white Sox against right-handed pitching they're not like a team that strikes out a lot 22.6 percent is little worse than league average they also don't walk at all um they have one of the lowest walk rates in the league against right-handed pitching um and you know yuri perez has multiple walks starts already he had four in the angel start which limited him going deep into that game and a start he only allowed two hits right. um so them them not walking and 
they also rank 26th in OPS against right-handed pitching. So um, if Tyler Wells is getting a lot more ownership than Yuri Perez at that at a similar price tag, if I'm playing multiple lineups, sure, I'm going to get my exposure to Wells, but I'm definitely going to pivot off of Wells in one and go to Yuri Perez. If we're looking at the value to you then, man, who's your uh, core value pitching of the night? Uh, my core value pitcher of the night is Adrian Hauser for sure. I think this is going to be maybe the most popular pitcher outside of like the top arms. Um, Oakland is the worst team in baseball when it comes to facing right-handed pitching. And I know he got shelled in Toronto. I understand Toronto does that to right. right. Like we've talked about it ad nauseum. Like that's what they do against right-handed pitching. That's it. They don't really hit lefties. Although they gave Fran the issues on um, Thursday night around that start. He's been pretty flawless. Yeah. Like six scoreless against the best offense in the league against Tampa five and two, five and a third against Houston scoreless. And then seven innings, his last time out against in great American ballpark, might I add seven innings, one run. Like yeah. he's been really good. good home These strikeouts two and three and two starts this year, but that goes back to a couple seasons. He's been really yeah. good in Milwaukee. I would say the the one thing is the strikeouts have been a little lackluster, and by that I mean definitely lackluster. The ground balls have been amazing. He has three of his five starts, three of his six starts this year have 11 or more ground ball outs. Every start this year has seven or more ground balls. So he's keeping everything on the ground. Oakland just is going to have a tough time against Hauser. He's my favorite value. And honestly, like I'm okay going back to Yusei Kikuchi at just 7,100. Yeah. We've talked about it for a long time. And I know Minnesota has gotten some guys back and added some players like Jorge um, Polanco is back and Bryce Lewis wasn't there this whole season. They're still a terrible team against left-handed pitching. They have a 27.3% strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. And Kikuchi, although he continues to be a liability when it comes to the home run ball, and that's what we worry about every single time he takes the mound, he misses bets. Yeah. He had eight strikeouts against the Mets, a team that doesn't strike out a lot. He has 60 strikeouts and 61 innings this year. Like he has strikeout upside. We just need him to keep the ball in the yard. How about one home run? Like it doesn't seem like he's going to get away scot-free. Like yeah. he's going to give up a home run. We just need it to be a solo shot. Right. And this could be another outing where if he has the Mets start at 7,100, who he's going to be, one thirtieth the ownership of Adrian Hauser for eleven hundred dollars more. So I, I would definitely take that. Uh, so I got Kikuchi and um, Hauser as my top two values. I like that a lot. What are your thoughts on the uh, Braves uh, pitcher here going up against Washington? Top one of their seemingly fast arising pitching prospects in the organization. Dude, he's twenty years old. Twenty. Um. Now it's appealing. Um, there hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of, um, sample on him at like high level minor leagues right now. Um, so. And they, they sent down Soroka, called this kid up here, 45 strikeouts through 33 innings and seven starts just between high A, double A and triple A. Like they got him in their organization and they're like, boom, 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 kids here. Um. You know, it's uh sixty five hundred dollars. That's you know that's what we're looking at here. Um. Yeah. So like, 
I'm okay with it, but we've also talked about it quite a bit. Like Washington hits righties pretty yeah. well. They do hit righties pretty well, but it's just they're still Washington, right? So <laughs> l- lately, yes, lately, yes, they've been hitting righties pretty well, uh, and for a little bit more power, they don't strike out. That's at least the one calling card that stays consistent. But for most of this year, if you look at their overall picture, they have not hit for a lot of power. They've not hit for a lot of extra base hits. Um, it's more of a price point on a big slate. That's the one thing that I was looking at there, Pat. Okay, that's fine. Um, so let's go on. Uh, any other pitchers for you? What's your fade? Let's talk about fades. I don't like Dylan Cease here against Miami. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like Jordan Montgomery. Two guys that I think usually people like. Yeah. Like we like Jordan Montgomery, and I I at least like Dylan Cease. I don't think you like Dylan Cease. But... Yeah, I don't like Dylan Cease in this spot against Miami. Miami's numbers lately have been a lot better against right-handed pitching, and Cease is just so wildly inconsistent uh on the year. Um, and I was, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. I don't want to bury the lead here, but you know, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery being a pretty big favorite and my ears perked up as a, uh, I don't really care for Jordan Montgomery this year. He's been right. kind of terrible. So if that, if people are going to be in on Jordan Montgomery, you, you know, I like to be a little different sometimes I, I might be, right. I might be going to the reds in, in, in this slate. So, right. um, speaking of hitting, let's just get into it. Talk about your top hitters here, here in the infield. Yeah, we'll do the infield breakdown first. Um, so W.D. Smith stood out to me first. He's been mashing lefties for two-plus years, um, and he had a home run the other day in Great uh, Great American against a lefty. This year, uh, 324 average, four home runs, 485 Woba for Smith. Um, so obviously, like, you know, Ranger Suarez, not a guy who's allowed a lot of home runs, but 342 average, 930 OPS, 395 Woba um, to right-handed bats this year. So um, I'll go there. I will also look at Manny Machado, who I think is starting to wake up quite a bit. Um, Two multi-hit games in his last three. Since coming back, like, has looked a little bit more like himself. I know he had the three strikeout game the other day, but he's just consistently been getting on base. Um, and we're in course field and I think Austin Gomber is, you know, what he is. He's not a good pitcher. I'm trying to get the exact splits up right now. Um, as my, uh, as our lineups page updates, I mean, righties are hitting 294 against them and they have an 890 OPS and a 382 Woba lefties are also hitting 333 against them with a thousand OPS, nearly 1100. I mean, Machado, for what it's worth, John, this year against left-handed pitching, 388 average. He's just not hitting right, right. whatsoever. Um, he hasn't any hit any home runs yet, but 388 average going into cores against left-handed pitching. He's obviously seeing the ball a lot better there. So um, I like uh, Machado, and um, I like uh, W.D. Smith as my top two Yeah, uh, I'm just going to go Reds infield here. I think they're all going to be in play against Montgomery. Spencer Steers, $4,300. Guy that's, you know, hitting lefties really well. Really just hitting everybody uh, really well. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, again, historically has hit lefties really well. Coming off of a really good game uh, a couple days ago. Three hits against the Dodgers. He had a home run uh, uh, two nights ago here. So starting to maybe break out of his little bit. 
uh, of a slump that he's got going on. Uh, and then, of course, you have, you know, their shortstop and second base and another Jonathan India is expensive. I realize that, but uh, you can certainly still get him $4,900 now, not over 5K anymore. And then, you know, Ellie Show fits in as a value play, but I just, they're all in there. $3,700 now for Ellie Dealer Cruz. Uh, sign me up, man. That guy, Montgomery's been such a gas can this season. Uh, yeah, and, and a lot of the Reds, you know, when we went over the whole Paxton argument that day, I was like, listen, you look at all the numbers for the Reds, they all hit lefties really well. Uh, that yeah. day they didn't until the end when they, they got Paxton out of that game. And then Rick kind of came through. But, uh, yeah, I, I like uh, I like the Reds infield here. Also, like, Paxton had, has been missing bats, like, pretty consistently mm-hmm. since he stepped on the mound. Yeah. Where, like, Montgomery doesn't profile as, like, a strikeout guy. Yeah. So... That's also not really in his favor. I agree on on almost all the Reds. I think they're all firmly in play. Yep, I'm 100% there uh, as well. What's your value infield? So I have De La Cruz, obviously. I think he's an elite play. Um, Miguel Vargas, we talked about it the other day, John. And we talked about the Dodgers just literally 360 change in their numbers against left-handed pitching. Yeah. But the one constant has been we're not looking for much from Miguel Vargas when it comes to like when he's he's just like a powerful dude. Yeah. Like I know he only has six home runs on the year, um, but he has a 200 ISO against left-handed pitching, a 324 bowl, but he homered the other day against a lefty. He's just kind of that guy, and he's always on base. Um, he's always finding his way on base, even with a guy with a 233 average, nearly yeah, an 800 OPS on the year. So. And a six-game hit streak, right. Um, the Dodgers are obviously going to be an extremely popular stat. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of what it is. And what we always um, talk about is in order to pay up for those guys, you got to find the cheap. Now, yeah. you got Miguel Vargas here at $3,200. I like that. Chris Taylor is third base and outfield eligible. Another guy that yep. homered the other day and hits lefties really well, cheap, can find a way into that lineup as well. And I'll throw one more value out there. Cody Clemens of the Phillies, if he cracks the lineup, I assume he will. Michael Grove has been awful for the Dodgers. This game does not surprise me that it has one of the highest implied totals. Lefties against Michael Grove this year, John, and you're going to, when we talk about the rest of these positions, um, you're going to hear a trend in in what I talk about. (laughs) Lefties against Michael Grove this year, 385 average, 1100 OPS, it's almost a 1200 OPS and a 490 Woba. Um, he just allowed two home runs to Jake Bowers the other day. Yeah. He allowed a home run to Judge in that same game. Um, and you know what? Like Clemens, for what it for what it's worth, four home runs and 76 at bats, a 331 Woba against right-handed pitching. Like he's gonna hit it near the bottom of this lineup. Philly is incredibly expensive once again, right? Like it's just, they're a very expensive team to get to. It's a really good spot, but like Harper 63, Turner 56, Schwarber 56, Real Muto 51, Castellanos 49. Their first five hitters in the lineup are $4,900 or more. Stott and Marsh also 43-41. Like the only way you can really afford this team is by playing someone like Clemens, who's $2,600 on DraftKings. Now he's a first base eligible player. that. Kind of stinks and kind of takes away like some sting from the position that we generally, you know, yep. can find elite players at. But I think if you're playing Phillies, 
you can get to Clemens as a as a pretty solid value, and uh, he can provide you with some home runs. Yeah, I agree with you 100% here. I think for a value catcher play, uh, Francisco Alvarez gets a lefty here. Uh, I know his numbers actually are better against righties this year, but two home runs yeah. tonight. Uh, they're not going to play Omar Navias against a lefty, you know. So Francisco yeah. Alvarez with second, um, you know, he's going to be a guy that that gets into that lineup. If you're not spinning up for WD, I think a lot of people just find themselves going to thirty five hundred dollars uh, and paying for Alvarez after the night that he is uh, that he's coming off there. So that's our infield look. Uh, transitioning over to the outfield here, James. Uh, you mentioned there could be a trend. You just mentioned all those lefty splits against Grove. Have to assume maybe Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber find their way into some top plays here. Yeah. So like Schwarber is obviously like if you think he's going to homer, by all means do it because that's the only way he pays off salary. Um, he's hitting 184 against right-handed pitching, but he has nine home runs and a 339 Woba. Bryce is really where I'm centering in on. 369 average, four nice 455 Woba against right-handed pitching this year, two home runs, like, Guy is locked in against righties as ever. Um, so Bryce Harper is definitely my my top outfield. Schwarber's right there in the range, yeah. right? Like he's in the ballpark because he has light tower power, and we know like he's a guy who has probably as many multi home run games as like anyone else in the league over the span of his career, yeah. right? Like that's what he's done his whole career. Um, so those two guys, and I really like Fernando Tatis. I'm also not really shying away from like Soto either. If you wanted to spend up on either Padres outfielder, considering Gombers allowed lefties to hit 333. Now Soto hasn't been as good against lefties as he's been in years past. Um, just a 321 Woba against lefties, but he has homered twice. Tatis though, five home runs and 40 at bats. Yeah. So I mean, every 12 at bats he's hit a home. Or sorry, math is hard. Every eight at bats he's hit a home run. Mm -hmm um off of a left-handed averaging pitcher. a home run almost one every four games played almost one every four games played five home runs 300 average 458 woba against southpaws so um really it's the phillies guys for me and it's the and it's course field heading to tatis and soto yeah course field for sure i think that makes a lot of sense getting uh san diego uh, and there, the dodgers you know they're going to be in play i know we talked about jd martinez all that a lot of that damage Average-wise against righties, but still good power numbers uh, against lefties. Mookie Betts, you know, he homered again the other day. Uh, good power numbers there that you can kind of take advantage of uh, for some top plays. I also kind of like Yoshida here. Um, Garrett Cole, for whatever it is lately, you know, the, the Red Sox tend to have his number. We didn't talk about Devers, but we know the, the history of Cole and Devers, basically yeah. you know, calling him his daddy there. Uh, at that point, they're going to be in Yankee Stadium. This is Yoshida's Yankee Stadium debut. Uh, and that wall is right there down the line. So <laughs> I, I kind of like Yoshida here at 5,100 just for the, the home run call uh, here tonight. Okay. I like it. I mean, I Cole has just struggled against the Red Sox in general for. Doesn't uh, matter what version of Red Sox are out there. He just you know, yeah. seems to. Not live up to the moment there. So no, he has. Uh, I, I I do like Yoshida and I like those other top guys there. Uh, if we're looking down uh, into a mid tier range again, other guys that you find maybe just kind of plug and play into a lineup for you. Yeah, like Nolan Jones, thirty nine hundred dollars, quite a bit. Um, and I know Darvish is on the other side, but like 
this is Coors Field, and the Rockies kind of just tend to go overlooked. And not not to say that they don't deserve it, but Nolan Jones on kind of a kind of a run right here. Um, back-to-back multi-hit games, three in his last four, has stolen a base in three straight games. Also, in the midst of that, homered in one of his games, uh, you know, against uh, the Giants there, and now up to three sixty-six average on the year. He was a top like, prospect for a while, dude, and then he got he got traded to Cleveland. I got traded yep. from Cleveland to Colorado, um, and the you know, Rockies are giving him an opportunity to play, and he's kind of living up to the prospect that he. You know, it was looking like he could have been. Uh, makes me wish I held on to that autograph rookie card that I sold earlier this summer. Uh, <laughs> maybe it be worth a few more dollars today than it was then. But, Probably. you know. Um, but, yeah, listen, I'm with you there. 3900 bucks. You you know, I opened up the U Darvish player card, and you're like, John, don't do it. Uh, you know, because he <laughs> hasn't. I mean, he was good last start. But on the whole, this year, Darvish has not been, you know, lights out. He's been hittable. So, yep. Yep. Uh, getting him in cores here, I, I agree with you, I think is a – is a pretty interesting uh, spot there. Uh, where else are you t- kind of paying attention to on this slate? Well, in the mid-tier, um, I'll just throw one more name. We know Anthony Santander's pedigree against left-handed pitching, and I know Daniel Lynch has actually been like serviceable um, to start his 2023. I know he hasn't really pitched um, all that much, but Santander has just been... Pretty gosh dang good against lefties for you yeah. know the better part of his entire career. Um and and despite like kind of struggling again this year overall, I mean uh, he's another guy that just like ends the year. He had like 30 whatever home yeah. runs last year, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, you know, only three home runs against lefties this year, but 302 average, 426 Woba, like just mm-hmm. another campaign of just anthony santander a lot, against... a lot of guys in the baltimore lineup profile well against left-handed pitching uh yep. you know this is an offense that's definitely struggling lately um you know the you know jorge mateo was off to such a hot start to begin the year guys borderline not unplayable now at this point yep. cedric mullins is on the il you know so the, the offense certainly isn't as potent as it once was but there's certainly guys in that lineup uh that you still need to be a little bit afraid of uh, I like a story Ruiz again, just like, why not? The guy has the ability to steal three plus bags yeah. in a game, right? That's a, that's a game changer. Um, gets a righty on the mound. So, you know, he's, he's certainly capable uh, of taking off in, in those situations here at $3,400. Uh, we talked about the power upside with Sawinski. He's $3,400 as well uh, from the going up against McGill here. I, I think there's some uh, appeal for me in that matchup as well, as we kind of work our way down. Uh, into like the 3K and below tier. I've mentioned uh, Chris Taylor already. Uh, I like Corey Dickerson in the middle of that Washington lineup. Again, he's cheap. He's got a little bit of pop in it, and he's, you know, basically a free square uh, if you're looking to play, you know, Washington at all here against a righty. Sure. I I mean, he's just steady Eddie, Corey Dickerson. Um, I like that. And I'll throw out just two names more. Jesus Sanchez, we mentioned we don't like Dylan Cease. Yep. And Joey Weimer has been on a different planet yes, lately. Yes. Where's his um, Weimer they, up at these days? Weimer twenty four hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they get a they're facing an opener, and then Luis Medina is coming in, and Luis Medina has not been good. So sneaky, sneaky Brewers, John. I know they let us down all the time, but I just you know I have to get that out okay. there. They are a little sneaky. Uh, give me your top stack of the day here. Uh, top stack of the day is going to be the Philadelphia Phillies. Give me your uh, contrarian stack of the day. Uh, Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds. I like that. I think while we're while we're 
uh, you know, early look, first look here. I, I'm definitely agreeing with you. I have the Dodgers as my top stack. I'm just why not? They're rolling yep. right now. Uh, I do like the Reds as the as the contrarian stack, especially once Montgomery. You told me how big of a favorite he was. I was in on that, uh, but I also think that maybe uh, Baltimore could be a little bit of a contrarian awesome. play here uh, as well. Who's your star of the night? I'm gonna go Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper is gonna have a big night. Okay, and your home run call? Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. I got, <laughs> I got Yoshida and I got Machado. Yoshida, my home run call, okay. and uh, Har- uh, Machado as my star of the night. I got about a minute or so left. Let's see if we can throw a lineup together here, James. Yeah, I started just. I went uh, Otani Wells. Okay. Uh, if you want to go Hauser, that's fine too. But I, I well, um, and then I did Vargas at second, Ellie De La Cruz at short. Or, uh, yeah, Ellie De La Cruz at short. Um, let's use Alvarez, maybe, or a catcher. Yeah, Alvarez, a catcher. Um, probably want to get Machado at third, just con- considering he's been, um, Walk in both of our options. Weimer out there for a one off. Weimer, Weimer in the one off outfield. Um, $3,700 for an outfielder and a first baseman. I, mean, I, I would. Definitely play Cody Clemens in this spot. Yeah. And then what does that give us for outfield? It's a 48. 4,800. And Tandare, 44? Yeah, I like it. All right, so that's the first look here. James and I will be back live at 5 o'clock Eastern. We'll go through the slate. We'll give you two lineups here, quarter cores and non-cores, and give you all the updates you guys need to know about. Good luck. We'll talk to you all later.